My name is Nick. And I'm Damien. And you're listening to the EQIQ Podcast. This is where the independent scientist and biotech entrepreneur come to find new paths to success. Join us as we discuss strategies to launch your vision, grow your team's potential, and uncover hacks to push your career well beyond what you thought possible. Welcome to the EQIQ podcast. I am Nick. I'm Damien, and we are back with our mascot, our loyal companion, and the guy that keeps this train running, Pablo. Hey, y'all. Pablo, on the ones and twos, as you That's say. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is our season two, starting up again for the year. Gosh, you know, it has been a long week. We're, was it Friday today? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of back-to-back. Has the week ended? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. We thought this would be a good idea doing this at the end of the week, but... Uh, In my think, mind, it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll change the date on this because we're a little drained. It's been extremely busy back to back. Everyone's starting back up again. We got places opening up, hiring. So I, I won't lie, it's a nice problem to have, but it's a lot of talking. And it's a lot of the same problem these days. I keep getting asked by our clients how can I be strategic? I actually just spent a whole hour trying to to figure this out with someone because we're not really addressing the root cause of what it is about strategy that people want to figure out. And mind you, this is the same individual that I almost kind of had somewhat similar conversation as well about strategy. I think it's important that we first get on the same page and define what strategy is is, right? I think that's the the challenge here is because we're so caught in this abstract notion of what strategy is. It's this amorphic concept that not many people really sit back and figure out what is strategy. Well, what do you define it as? Because I have a feeling that it's going to be different (laughs) for me and you. Well, According to the Webster Merriam Dictionary, I will just bring this up. (laughs) You went there. The science and yes, I I think we kind of have to a little bit because it's amazing where we think about where we just use this word so nilly willy throughout our engagements with clients and then within business and scientific uh, discovery that we're not really giving some credence into its meaning. So according to the Webster Dictionary, the science and art of employing the political, economical, psychological, and military forces of a nation, group of nations, or for the maximum support for uh, adopted policies of peace of war. I'm like, what does that mean? I have no idea. So, I mean, that has nothing to do pretty much with what we're doing as far as what we want to do. But when we think about the simplistic one, we go to the definition of the secondary of strategy, is just a careful plan or a method and the art of devising or employing plans towards a specific goal. And I think that would be a little bit better of a definition for us to kind of like anchor in. Only slightly. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's like slightly, yeah, yeah. right? Oh, it's a because, plan. Oh, thanks, tips. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it boggles my mind because one of the things that we talk about when we work with clients is that they want to be more strategic. They want a strategy. When we ask them what they want, they don't necessarily know. They say it as, I want strategy. I want to devise a plan. But 
towards what? What is the goal? Where are we moving towards? The word strategy is such an amorphic terminology that we're not necessarily defining it or applying it towards the wants and desires. And I think this is the part where we struggle with our clients or being able to help them to move towards that specific goal. Because we can come up with so many different types of plans, strategies, Mm -hmm. or some kind of path or methodology towards that. Well, the word strategy is so amorphic that literally in contracts, that's what you put in to be specifically vague about what you're going to do. (laughs) We're going Mm -hmm. to strategize about this. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. So for me, I try to like define strategy as a series of logical steps towards a desired goal or outcome. And that's probably the easiest way to describe the word strategy. It's just a series of logical steps towards a desired outcome. And then this is where we kind of start with why our good old buddy Simon Sinek and asking kind of like, why do you want to go towards this goal for what reason that allows us to reverse engineer some kind of uh, series of steps towards that. That question has to be answered first. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would challenge that because uh, I always think there's an element of, of effort involved in strategy. You know, it's not necessarily that you're putting together a linear plan of, you know, one action after the other. Um, and I know you don't mean that because, you know, We've had many, many, many calls and conversations about not just experimental designs strategy, but also just generally speaking strategy for our client negotiations, client term papers, you know, like every major decision that they need to take. We're talking about this. And I think for me, especially since I'm the one that is doing a little bit more of the procedural work, um, you know, putting in the steps in between the two points that we're defining. It's about making sure that, you know, we're hitting, for lack of a better term, many birds with one stone. Uh, It's not just that we're moving forward in logical steps. It's that the logic transcends effort into making sure that every step that we take is answering multiple questions or doing multiple things. I'll jump in here, Nick, to kind of not only to counter, but just to kind of counterbalance your points, because you're right, the efforts and the practical steps toward that goal. I think from my standpoint, I come from the amorphic imagination or the wants and desires. And I think this is the part where it bleeds into the whole overall uh, ethos of this podcast, the EQIQ. And so when we ask our clients and the people within the scientific uh, innovative ideas, we try to get them to articulate what that end goal would look like, the imaginary, let's dream out the best case scenario. And then that starts to help define those practical steps and in a more, quote, strategic manner. Right. And I think that it's a combination of being able to have that amorphic imagination of an ideal outcome and then develop some kind of rudimentary systematic plan towards that. And then through each of those little milestones, reassess. Are we getting closer or further away from that? And we juxtapose that against that imagination of that ideal outcome. Right. And that's that's good for someone who has practiced and learned. You know, I, I, it's a skill to be 
<laughs> strategic, you know, uh, to, to use that the amorphic word again. I think it's more useful to talk about how our clients are coming to us or how like leads, people that aren't clients yet, approach us uh, in terms of what they want solved or at least what they think they want solved uh, because mm-hmm. they are not coming from a place of calm. <laughs> It's it's yes. not. Let's discuss this to figure out what the next steps in my path are going to be, and that's specifically. I mean, just to use the latest example that I had, it, it, the question that came to me, and it, it's literally it was a strategic question, but it was pretty much how do I purchase? You know, I feel like I don't have enough money, and I am purchasing too much. But at the same time, I also feel like I'm not moving fast enough and not doing enough. You know, for me, just through through experience, it was like, okay, I, I think we're talking about projections here. I, I don't know. You know, I, I'll just fall back on, on the things that I know bring us back to a, a big picture. So we just, we started with, mm-hmm. you know, short-term projections. We looked at um, like three years, all to discover that really what he was looking for was, what is my next step? The mm-hmm. question that I was being asked was, how much money do I have and how do I spend? But mm-hmm. what he was really looking for was, what do I do first? Or what do I do next? What do I do today to make sure that tomorrow mm-hmm. is okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a perfect example. And I kind of want to piggyback off of that example for another client we were working on or developing uh, or how to how to find the best staff scientist or postdoctoral trainee. And when I started working with the client and trying to figure that out, most of the question was, how do I find this person? I need to hire this person. And I go, all right, so let's start with the end in mind. And that will help us to, to develop the best course of action or the best strategy to find that person. And so it starts off with, what does this person look like? Like, what does an ideal (laughs) candidate look like? And he was like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, then how do we know what to look for? And so let's just start off with, like, where do you see this person ending up after? Because you're a faculty trainer, Mm. you're a professor. So they're training them to do something. Do you want them to become a faculty or do you want them to be a trained industry scientist? Well, I prefer them to be a, a, a faculty. Okay, so now you want a scientist who wants to be trained to become a faculty. So what does it look like? What does it, what do they need to do <laughs> to become a faculty? Oh, they have to be interested in cancer biology. They have to know some of these uh, computational biology techniques. And he goes, I'm like, all right, so now we're defining the sets of skills right, right. to be able to do that. Will that get them a faculty job? Oh, not necessarily. I'm like, okay, so what will get them a faculty job? Well, they need to be able to write grants. I'm like, okay, so now <laughs> here you are now developing what we call a curriculum, a set of practices that you allow them to be trained upon. And so now you have your job description. He goes, oh, so how would you know that these people are qualified to do this? Well, I would ask them uh, questions. I'm like, what questions would you ask them? Well, are they interested in science? Have they done these types of experiments? Okay, now you have your series of questions to screen through the candidates. And where would you find these type of people? Oh, uh, they're at these conferences. I know that I'm like, he goes, oh, I see what I'm doing. Ta-da! Ding, yeah, ding, 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 yeah, ding. Yeah, yeah, it's the light bulb that and turns on. And he was on. like, oh, it makes sense. 
I now know where I'm going. I'm like, yeah. And all because we started with the end in mind. He clearly knew what he wanted, but nobody asked that question. What do you want? That's what it is. We have so many tools that we use to just reframe the same thing. So it's start with the Mm -hmm. end in mind. If you don't know how to start with the end in mind, you know, it's what do you want? And if you don't know what you want, it's what do you want to do? Right. Which tend to be a little different because people associate what do you want with sort of a more personal side of things, more like um, we'll call it introverted, you know, in terms of like career and family, everything that you want to do with yourself versus how do you want to do it? People tend to uh, project that out into actions rather than sort of projecting themselves 10 years in the future. Oh, yeah. You're delving into much deeper leadership coaching skills that we help our clients in when we deal with our own personal deep-seated desires Mm -hmm. that are psychology, their past traumas. All of that actually peppers your perception of your wants and desires in life. And I think that's we will definitely approach that in a a completely separate podcast. But... I think the question of just what do you want? What do you want out of your career? What did you want out of your life? That helps to kind of like give you a a North Star to move Mm -hmm. in that general direction. And going back to what you're saying is we have strategies and tools to kind of like help them. For example, one strategy tool we use a lot is called a Gantt chart. (laughs) And if you're not familiar with a Gantt chart, all it is is just a list of projects or tasks that you want to do juxtaposed against a timeline. And so when do you want to do this? Then you start to develop all of the resources that you need to do those projects. And then the types of people that you want to do this, the list of skills, and then juxtaposed against a timeline, you could see this from a bird's eye view from uh, from a manager or project manager, they can see everything. And are we moving towards it? Or are we moving away from it? Right. It's a very useful tool. Yeah. But just a lot of clients, they are like, oh, what is a Gantt chart? I don't want to do it. I don't ever use a Gantt chart. And <laughs> so I use Post-its. Right. I use the whiteboard. But when we see them actually use it, they it's just a Gantt chart. They get so caught up with the word or the description or the tool, they don't realize that they already do this. They're like, well, I just decided to write down my list of the things that I needed to do, and then I put it against a calendar, Damien, and it just put it on a whiteboard, and it just makes sense. And I'm like, okay, so how is that different from what you were doing before with the Gantt chart? They're like, oh, it's not. I mean, with with just audio, it's a little, <laughs> little difficult to imagine, but basically it's just a timeline where you have a block that represents a task. And what's what's really nice about specifically a Gantt chart or sort of any, if you want to use the post-its and you do it like that, is with every task, you have to add another post-it note. And eventually under whatever, if you have, let's just say the timeline is by month, under April, you know, you'll have like 20 post-its. And you go, oh, I don't know if I can do all of those in April. So you just spread them out over the next few months. And then eventually you have a nice quote-unquote strategy on how you're going to spread out your effort and how you're going to do things in different in a different order because, you know, one can't be done without the other or something needs to be completed before or simultaneously, you know, whatever it is you need. And you're right. This is a skill that has to be developed. And we definitely work with our clients to help them to coach them through this developmental stage. We call it like we call it this ability to zoom out and zoom in as a leader to say, all right, this is the general direction of where we're going. The 
looking at the quote the big picture mm. and then zooming into the day in day out things is it moving us closer to that bigger picture or moving us further away from that bigger picture and then how to like execute it on a daily basis what a lot of people they end up doing they get lost in the weeds for lack of a better term because then they're looking for a needle in a haystack or just trying to unbundle everything we try to pull them back and say all right let's take a step back right. let's look at the big picture you're too caught up in all the million things to do. That's why a big mantra uh, of mine, and Nick knows this, pebble by pebble, that's how mountains are moved. Because it is right, you just move it one step at a time. But when you look at the big mountain, it's so paralyzing. Mm -hmm. It seems so unbelievably, like so difficult that you can't do it. But then when we show them step by step, just move this one uh, checkbox over here, right. move this one checkbox here, and we keep them on this pace to show them, look at how far you've come. That's a huge deal for some people because it can be emotionally trying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the Gantt, I would consider the Gantt chart or any type of planning like that more of a, a near future type of, of planning. And even then, we're always referring back to you need to know what you want. And if that's still not clear, and you're not you're not even able to take a timeline and write down sort of the different tasks that you want to do. It's counterintuitive. But what you need to do is look even farther into the future. It's the um, mm. 10, 10, 10. So mm -hmm. you look, was it 10 days? If you can't do that, 10 months, which is sort of the, this Gantt chart that we're talking about, then it's 10 years. It's a great strategy by Susie Welch, the wife, the, the late uh, Jack Welch from GE. It's a great, great book if you guys ever want to pick it up, 10, 10, 10. And that's probably one of my favorite tools, especially at the beginning, whenever you don't know what it is you want, whether it's recruiting or what it is you want to do uh, in your lab or for your company. And if you don't know what you're going to do 10 years from now, now, look even farther. How do you want to retire? <laughs> Think about when you're 80. What is it that you want around you? And then starting with the end in mind, right? If you're choosing that to be sort of your end point, work it back from there one piece at a time. What's nice about thinking about the future is that it's very ambiguous. In the future, hopefully, you're thinking positively. You're thinking about all the things that it is that you want. And then we anchor ourselves there and just work back. I'm glad that you're bringing those pointers up and these tips and tricks, because I think what we try to do for clients and the people we work with is take a lot of these concepts and make it digestible and more meaningful for what the individual wants and desires. Because when we're lost in it, we're not aware of the words or the descriptions we use to describe how we're moving towards a desired goal. Because when we think about this word called strategy, another way of being able to say it is planning. Another way to saying is zooming out and zooming in. Another way to say that is sorting out your future. <laughs> Like there's so many different ways right. that people use these words that they're not really thinking about what it means to themselves. So we adopt these words like the word strategy and think that it's just going to be a catch all and mean something to us. But if we're not like defining it for ourselves, mm -hmm. like where we're going, then the word strategy right. means nothing. You can actually go completely off course. And this is where we try so hard to let our clients know that like 
listen, you're not using the strategy correct. Mm-hmm. So for example, remember the client that wanted to write more grants and get more money because he was afraid he was going to run out of money right. three years from now? Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> That was that. Con- I was just talking about. But I'm that. sticking. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with the strategy. I'm like what strategy? Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> that's not what you want. You're like, well, I don't want to lo- run out of money. So and I'm like, well, you have enough money. So stop right. thinking about that. You you got enough money and you want to do the work. So do the work. Yeah, but I'm going to run out of money. No, you're not. You doing the work so you can then get more money. Yeah. I mean, what's nice about the word strategy is that it is so flexible. But what's difficult about the word strategy is that it is so flexible. So if <laughs> if you're not anchored in what it is you want, you know, or if you're not at least anchored in some kind of desire or something you need, something that's providing you some direction to move in, we can't go into and use all the different tools that we have in order to implement this quote unquote strategy, right? So what ended up happening with this guy that worried about his his money and, and to give you a little bit of context, you know, this is a, a three year budget and we're in year we're in month four, right? And <laughs> I, I I will say it's not uncommon, right, for people to be worried about sort of the next check coming in, you know, whether that be the next financing round or, you know, whatever it is. And eventually looking through projections and, and different tools that, that I had at my disposal, figured out that, you know, it is we're, we're looking for that next step. And we just we did exactly what it is for this individual. We actually, you know, it's a scientist and that's that's what we do. So we anchored ourselves in the science. What is it that you mm-hmm. pitched? What are the commitments that you made? What are, What is the thing that you wanted to do when you were clear minded and passionate and looking forward to going to work, not freaking out about the check that you need in three years from now? And from there, we broke it down. Okay, I need to do experiments. Okay, well, to do experiments, you need to get reagents. To get reagents, you need to purchase them. To purchase them, you need to have someone who knows how to purchase them. To have someone who knows how to purchase them, you need to train them on how to do it. You know, And going through this process, eventually you get to present day. And then you can, quote unquote, strategically follow this path that you've created backwards. And then sometimes if you're paying attention or if it makes sense, you can actually take a few of these paths or the different options that you did create and put them together. So in this case, when we're talking about training, we're starting with purchasing the reagents for the first experiment, the most urgent items that need to get into the space. We don't want to overwhelm the lab manager because we're using this to then train her on how to purchase a few things. Then later on, we can add in a a bunch more experiments. And once those pipelines have been figured out, then we can push everything through. But again, we're taking sort of all these different paths that are coming and leading to the same place, or, or at least originating from the same place. And we're putting them all together. That way we can end up at this common goal that we're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think clarity around the common goal helps to create that alignment. We talked about the alignment Mm -hmm. stuff. I definitely want to bring it to this point where you said earlier about the money. I think this is something that we've talked about a little bit before about the money mindset and around scarcity and abundant mindsets, because this does play into how people see strategy. And when somebody's not used to working with money and finances, Mm -hmm. it incites a lot of anxiety and anxiousness that they 
almost lose sight as to what the money's for. And so then they become much more focused on just the money. They create this loss aversion. Like, I'm going to waste a lot of money. I'm like, you're going to also gain a lot of money. Yeah, but I don't want to lose any more money. But you got to, like, spend that money right. to make it's more money. Spend a dollar and to we, make we, four. Yeah, yeah, but then some sometimes if you're not understanding of your mindset around that, you can become a dog on a bone mm -hmm. and just won't let go of... I don't want to lose money. I don't want to lose money. I don't want to lose money. And you're so worried about losing money that you nickel and dime and penny pinch <laughs> your way to it that you basically go broke anyways because you're not focused on doing the work that will make right. the money. You're not focused on being innovative. You're focused on making yeah. sure you have money. And this is why we, we emphasize that be very aware of your emotions. Are you excited to do this project? Uh, are you anxious and nervous to do this project? Trust me, I get tons of clients that are like, but Damien, uh, I, I can't not worry about this. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, is that helping you? Is that emotion an experience that you want? Is that something that you want to experience? Is that going to help your science? Mm -hmm. Most often people go, no, it's, it's more restrictive than anything. But I think that people define it in this way and then they kind of like, they end up becoming their worst enemy. Mm -hmm. um, they end up realizing all of their challenges and problems are them themselves. Right, yeah. The, the biggest barrier is, is the one that you are for yourself. But mm -hmm. once you once you're able to define sort of all these paths, you know, you have this money mindset, but it all becomes your ability to align with everything around you, right? And, and that's just the starting point for so, so many things that we do, right? Recruitment, negotiations, talking and working with the right investors, working with the right institutions, strategic partnerships with other companies, uh, you name it, right? As soon as you can define what it is you want and where it is you want to go, then we can start talking about alignment and bringing in these other people. Because being strategic, so far, we've only been talking about this as sort of a, this personal journey, but it is anything but, right? You need to be strategic in bringing other people into the fold because a company is very difficult to run with two, let alone one founder. Yeah. And I think to kind of like start to wrap it up, I think when we talk about strategy, we want to like help people to understand that to develop or create a plan of action or a strategy, we want to be clear about where we want to go, our goals, and then sharing and articulating and describing that end path, that, that goal helps those that want to join you on that path develop the best course of action towards that. Mm -hmm. And I think defining that is probably your first strategy. <laughs> we want to use the word <laughs> yeah, strategy. I want to be very strategic. And so def like, define and articulate what that end goal looks like. If you don't know, this is something where we talk about, we will talk about this probably some other time, about developing a vision mm. and what that vision would look like and then being able to articulate that. But I think that's probably the first step as far as when people ask, I want to be more strategic or I want to develop a strategy. Well, let's start with the end in mind. And if you don't know where to start, then just look back. 10, 10, 10. Pretty easy. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easier said than done, though. <laughs> well, that's kind of like why we're here. <laughs> People are like, <laughs> I don't know why we're doing this, Damien. I'm like, this is exactly why we're doing this. Because <laughs> you don't right. know. And so we're helping you. We're coaching through this process. We've been down this path multiple different times. The better we're able to articulate and describe this path towards others, they just get better and better mm-hmm. at being able to assess how to develop a clear path. While it might sound scary and a little too amorphic, there are ways of being able to develop that skill set. And it is a skill set that can be honed and trained. And if you're interested in knowing more about figuring out what it is you want or how to be more strategic with your time, Damien and I are going to be here talking about recruitment, negotiations, how to develop your team, how to develop yourself, and many, many more concepts that our clients struggle with. And so with that, thank you, Damien. Thank you, Nicholas. And thank you to our producer, Pablo. Take us out. No worries. Thanks to the listeners for listening. And this is the EQ IQ Science Podcast. And we look forward to bringing more to you on the next episode. See you later. Bye. was a Raul Maria production. A couple of chatty Cathy's back there. <laughs> we are totally ch- chatty. Uh, 100%.